We'll be looking into Psalm 139 together this evening, Psalm 139. It is a delight to have everyone here. Also, if you are listening in uh, through our uh, Facebook services online, we appreciate your interest as well. All of the Bible points to our Lord Jesus. And as you read through the Old Testament, there is much uh, to find to respect the Lord. And this is what this psalm will help us to do, is to find and build respect for the Lord. And following up on that respect, we learn about His plan to send Jesus into the world and how thankful we are. And we're thankful that Jesus has brought us His will and that He has paid the price, the awful price on Calvary, on the cross for our sins. And so appreciate uh, Paul and going to heaven and, and uh, mentioning to us this song of invitation, come to the feast. And so as we read through this psalm, let's be reminded of the greatness of God and his overall plan for us. When we read in the Old Testament, we are not looking for... Um, specific ways to worship Him. We have all that uh, planned out for us in the New Testament. We're not looking for uh, ways to be saved from our sins. All of that is mentioned uh, in the New Testament. Uh, but in the Old Testament, we, we learn about God. And we learn some marvelous things about God. Psalm 139, verse 14, has a little statement there. I want us to use that statement uh, for our lesson tonight, it says, I will praise him. I will praise him. We find much in this psalm as a basis for praising uh, the Lord. And you'll see it just real easily uh, together this evening. As we move along in the psalm, we will sort of have an early thanksgiving. Of course, uh, the Christian living is all about thanking God. Worshiping of the Lord is all about thanking the Lord and bringing, and having a grateful attitude toward Him. But we will find much to be thankful for when we read through uh, this psalm uh, together. Also, this principle in mind, and that is, that which delights the righteous people becomes a terror becomes fear for the unrighteous. We'll focus mainly on the fact that these things mentioned here in this psalm, they are a comfort and delight for us, but oftentimes it brings, it strikes terror to those who are unbelieving. So Psalm number 139 is where we will be, and um, we will simply look at uh, praising the Lord. First, uh, we praise Him for His knowledge. We praise Him for His knowledge. That is brought out to us in verses 1 through 6. You'll see it here in your own Bible, Psalm 139, and verses 1 uh, through 6. Let's read verse 6 together right quick, where David says, Such knowledge is too wonderful uh, for me. It is high, I cannot attain unto it. 
this statement reminds us of the passage we mentioned this morning from Romans eleven thirty three. Oh, the depths of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. His judgments are unsearchable and um, his ways are past finding out. Uh, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, David said. Then look, glance down to verse uh, 17 and 18, uh, Psalm 139. David says, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast are the sum, is the sum of them! If I would count them, they would be more than the sand. I awake and I am still uh, with you. So David is praising the Lord for the knowledge uh, that he has. Let me ask you, who is it that knows you the best? Who is it that knows you the best? Uh, Is it uh, a friend of yours? Is it um, uh, someone at your house? Uh, Is it um, your son or daughter? Uh, Is it your wife? Is it your mother? Is it your dad? Who is it that knows you best? You might say, well, I know myself the best. Well, that, that might be close to true, except to remember that uh, it's easy to be deceived. It's easy to be, de- to be deceived. Oftentimes in the New Testament, such as 1 Corinthians 6 and verse uh, 9 and Galatians 6 and, and verse 7 and other places, uh, the warning is be not deceived because uh, we as human beings can be deceived. And so thinking about, well, who knows me best? Who knows you best? We have to come to the conclusion that God and only God knows us best. Read about this with me in Psalm 139, beginning in verse 1. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. O Lord, you, you know when I sit down and you know when I rise up. Lord, you discern my thoughts from afar off. You search out my path and my lying down and you are acquainted uh, with all of my ways. Even before, even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, You know it all together. So the Lord is acquainted with with all of our ways. When we are sitting at the house, when we're lying down at the house, when we rise up to go somewhere, He's acquainted with all of our ways. He knows exactly what's going on right now. He knows exactly what is on our mind right now. He knows the posture in which we are sitting. He knows exactly how we are most comfortable when we are sitting or when we are standing. He is acquainted with all of our ways. He knows exactly what we have done today. He knows exactly where we have been. He knows exactly what has been on our mind. He knows our hopes and our desires and our disappointments. He is acquainted with all of our ways. He knows our thoughts, this passage says. He knows our word, even our words. Even before a word gets completely formed and ready to come out of our mouth, God already knows it. He is simply acquainted with all of our ways. This was an incredible trait of Jesus as well. We read in John 1, uh, Philip bringing Nathanael to Jesus. And when Nathanael saw Jesus, Jesus said to him, Behold an Israelite in whom is no God. Nathanael said, Well, how is it that you know me? And Jesus said back to him, Before Philip called you, I saw you when you were under that fig tree. And then the reaction of Nathaniel is something else. He said, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. Rabbi, you are the King of Israel. In John 2, 24 and 25, 
the statement there is that no one had to come and tell Jesus about other people. He already knew what was in man. And so the Lord is acquainted with all of our ways, our thoughts, our words, our actions, our habits, everything that there is about us. And there is some uh, comfort in that. There is there's quite a bit of comfort uh, in that. Uh, you notice uh, on the monitor, Matthew chapter 10 and verse uh, 28 following, where Jesus is encouraging his disciples not to fear, not to fear. Don't fear men, especially those that can only kill the body. Uh, don't fear men, because all they can do is, is uh, destroy your body. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Fear the Lord. But then he goes on about not fearing men. He said, um, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And yet your heavenly Father knows when just one of them will fall from the ground. And then he asks the question, Are you not of much more value than many sparrows? Of course you are. So, in other words, the Father knows you very, very well. And so whatever fear we may be facing, we can know that the Lord already knows about it, and he is by our side to comfort us in that. Also there in Matthew 10, Jesus said, And the very hairs of your head are all numbered. The Lord knows us better than anyone else could possibly uh, know us. Also there in um, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 10 and 13, notice what the Lord knows about us from that passage. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, Paul says, there is, there is no temptation that has taken us that is not common to man, but God is faithful and he will not uh, suffer us to be tempted above that which we are able, but he will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. The Lord knows the boundaries of our temptations. He knows what we can handle. In other words, when the temptation comes our way, we are fully able to handle it, or yet, or, or in other words, the, the, the Lord wouldn't let it come our way in the first place. Whatever it is that is tempting us to be less than 100% dedicated to the Lord, the Lord is telling us, you can handle this through my strength, through my word, through, my, through prayer, and through perseverance, through dedication. You can handle this temptation. The Lord knows what we can handle and what we cannot. So that's a great comfort uh, for us. I want us to think about this fact. I will praise the Lord because of his great knowledge. Hebrews 4 and 13 says, There is, um, there is no creature uh, hidden from his sight. But all creatures are naked and um, laid open, exposed uh, before his eyes. Uh, before whom uh, we will give an account, or with him, with whom we have, we shall have uh, something to do with. In other words, what the apostle is saying there is that God has such knowledge of us; He knows all about us that we might as well uh, stop trying to refuse His will and simply submit to Him, because. Uh, he is the one who knows us both inside and out. He knows exactly what we have need for. He knows exactly the qualities we have within our lives to resist temptation. And we're going to give an account to him one day anyway. And so we might as well go ahead and submit uh, to him with our whole heart.
And so with this knowledge of God, there is comfort and challenge uh, that is present. I would praise him for his knowledge. I would praise him for his knowledge. Notice that David says, I will praise him. Giving glory to God, bringing honor to him with our lives is a personal responsibility. In the second place, I want us to notice this. I want us to notice this thought. I will praise him because of his providence. Or say it this way. I will praise him because he cares so very much for us. Now notice Psalm 139 verse 5. David says, he has hemmed me in both behind and before me. Both before me is the Lord and behind me is the Lord. This shows that the Lord cares for us very much. His knowledge enables himself to be able to care for us uh, wherever it is that we might be. He's able to care for us. Now, it's not just that the Lord knows about us, but he both knows about us and he cares for us deeply. Now, when you read there in verse 5 that he has hemmed us in and he is before us and he is behind us, that's another way of saying the word hedge. Hedge. Now, we need to thank God for his hedge around us. Now, when I was younger, I didn't thank God for the hedge because when I heard hedge, I was hearing hedge bush. And when I know about a hedge bush, all I know is there's a hickory stick there. And I was sent many times to the hedge bush to uh, break off my own hickory stick and to uh, peel it. We call it peel it, shed it, take the leaves off of it, little petals off of it, so it could strike the skin in a very fierce way. Okay. Uh, but actually, there is a hedge that we can... Uh, remain grateful for. And this, it's this hedge of God about us. This is the promise of God to us if we commit ourselves uh, to Him. I want us to think about this just a little bit. Okay? There are many passages that refer in one way or another to this hedge that God has uh, for us. Uh, notice some uh, from uh, the Psalms with me. Notice Psalm 125 and verse 2 where the writer says, As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. So notice how that the Lord wants us to know that his, his hedge of protection is is around us. Going back to Psalm 119, notice 114. Psalm 119 and 114. Toward God, the writer says, You are my hiding place and you are my shield, and I will hope in your word. We also remember uh, Psalm 119 and verse uh, 11 Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Anything that will help us to keep from sinning against God is a great protection for us. And God's word is one of those great protections 
for us. And then notice Psalm number 34. Psalm number 34 and verse 7. Psalm 34 and verse number Seven, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. You want to make sure that the Lord is with you, the Lord is, is taking himself and wrapping his arms around you, then continue to fear him all the days of your life. And then notice also Psalm number 28 and verse 7. The Lord is my strength and he is my shield. In him my heart will trust, and I will be helped by him. My heart exalts in him, and with my song I give thanks uh, to him. And then notice from there some very similar one in Psalm 3 and verse 3. There's no way of, other way of impressing upon ourselves the fact that the Lord is with us and he's around us than simply looking at his word. Psalm 3 and verse 3, But you, O Lord, you are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. This is one thing that Satan complained to God about in reference to, to Job, Job 1 verse 10. When God said, Have you considered my servant Job? If you want to look to someone to try to tempt, to try to destroy, have you considered my servant Job? Satan complains, well, you've built a hedge about him, Lord. You've built a hedge about him. And that's what God does. He surrounds his goodness uh, around us to protect us if we fear him, if we continue to uh, exalt in his name. Zechariah 2 verse 5 talks about the captives of Babylon returning back home. And it says that the Lord has a, a, a wall of fire uh, around them, of course, speaking in a very figurative way there, but still a great sense of encouragement. He's telling them as they come back home, "I will be to you a wall of fire, a wall of fire about me," as the song uh, says. And look at your Bibles at Exodus chapter fourteen. You remember this uh, time when the Egyptians are heading toward uh, the Israelites, and they're out toward the Red Sea. Uh, Pharaoh is sending his people. Uh, he wants to capture them, destroy them, bring them back, bring some back to Egypt. Uh, but the Lord is uh, determined to deliver his people. And so they're on their way. Notice what is said in Exodus fourteen nineteen. Exodus fourteen nineteen. Then the angel of God who was going before the host of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them, coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. And there was the cloud and there was the darkness. God basically put himself between the coming Egyptians and his own people. And he would do the same today. He would do the same today. If we rely upon his hope, we rely upon his word, we rely upon his presence and his knowledge, then he will do the same uh, today. In the New Testament, we find passages that present to us a hedge about us. Like Matthew six thirty three, when Jesus says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things that you need in life, the food, the water, the shelter, the clothes that 
that you need to have on all the necessities of life. These things will be uh, added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Jesus says, and I will give these things that you need. That's a great hedge of protection in itself. In Ephesians chapter 6, the latter part of the chapter, Paul's talking about the armor that Christians are to have on for for their fight against Satan. He says, have your loins girt about with truth, the word of God. Have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the word of God. Take unto you the shield of faith wherewith you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the devil. And take the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Notice how before that shield mentioned there and after that shield is the word of God. We know that uh, faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans ten seventeen. So we have this shield wherewith we're able to quench all the fiery darts of the devil because of our knowledge, because of our doing of the word of God. Philippians uh, chapter 4, 6 and 7 also mentions a hedge of protection there where uh, Paul says, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Notice what happens. It shall guard. It shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus uh, our Lord. And Second Peter chapter 1 mentions several qualities that we are to make sure we have in our lives as we grow in Christ. Add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge Uh, self-control and to self-control patience and to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love if these things be if these things are yours and abound in you you will never be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our god he goes on to say uh, if you lack these things then you are blind and cannot see afar off and you have forgotten that you have been cleansed and purged from your sins. But if you have these qualities in your life, he goes on to say, then, then make your calling and election sure. And when you have these qualities in your life, you shall never fall. You shall never fall. And that's a great uh, promise from our Lord. And it creates this protection that we need uh, from him. This providential protection... This expression of love and care for us is another reason that we praise Him. Psalm 139, 14 says, I will praise Him. The first few verses says, well, let's praise Him because of His knowledge. Because no one knows us. No one knows about everything like the Lord knows. And then verse 5 says, let's, let's praise Him because He cares for us. He, he creates an army of goodness around us. And then in the third place, the psalm says, let's praise him for his presence, for his presence. You see it there in Psalm uh, 139. And when we read these words, you'll see that the Lord is not limited uh, in space, whether you're talking about going upward or whether you're talking about going downward or whether you're talking about going far east or far west. There's no limiting the Lord in space. He simply omnipresent. He's everywhere. Notice it here in Psalm 139 once again. 
beginning in verse 7, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light, and the light about me will be night, even the darkness is not dark to you, Lord. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light uh, with you. Now, these are some marvelous verses. And we are assured in, in, in three or four different ways here. Think about this. Death itself cannot separate us from God. That's what he means here when he says, if in verse uh, 8, if I make my bed in Sheol, in other words, if I, when I pass away, uh, Lord, you will be there with me. You will be there with me. We remember David saying in Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So God is so present that, that death itself will not separate us from God. But then also, also notice from verses 9 and 10 that distance cannot separate us from God. Whether you go upward or downward, whether you go far east or far west, distance will not separate us from God. This is, this is very important. We're not sure where the will of God will take us from year to year. Larry and Kay make trips across the world, across this land. You may want to do some of that as well. It may be that you become separated from your family members just because life happens. Because life happens. It may be surprising to you one day that part of the family that you cherished is now hundreds and hundreds of miles away from you. But you know what? With the Lord, that's okay. Because even if I take myself and I dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, what does it say here? His right hand is there to lead me. No matter where you're at on this earth, I've tried to express this to people. No matter where you're at on this earth, you can be faithful to God. That is the simplicity of the gospel. I believe that's why one reason God made it so very simple. Okay? Singing, praying, the Bible's available, the Word of God is available. The ability, the, the, the knowledge to be able to teach others. You can gather, you can study, you can, you can share, you can do good works. It doesn't matter where you're at on this earth. His right hand is there. You have the opportunity to serve Him. The Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 7 says, Many waters cannot quench love. And I believe the Song of Solomon is talking about love between a husband and wife mainly. And that's so very true. But what about the love of God and the presence of God? 
There is no amount of distance that can separate us from God. Now, when brethren, brothers and sisters are separated, that love of God keeps us united. Notice what Paul says in Colossians 2, verses 1 through 5, especially verse 5. He says, though I'm away from you in body, I'm absent for you in body, yet I'm with you there in spirit. Isn't that true about all of our brothers and sisters in Christ? And it's true no matter whether we know them or not. We know that others are taking the New Testament and they're seeking to serve and worship uh, God Almighty uh, in sincerity and in truth. And we have a connection with them. We have a bond with them. We may not be there with them in body, but we're with them in spirit. Earlier in Colossians 2, Paul says, We are knitted together by love. We are knit together by love. We may be separated by distance, but we're, we're knitted together in love. That's the Christian way. And it's possible because of God's incredible presence. His incredible presence. And so death cannot separate us from God. Neither can distance and neither can darkness. Notice what he says here in, in 139 about darkness. Verse 11, if I say, surely the darkness will cover me, and the light about me is night. He's talking about times in life that become dark. We know about those times. Many of you have experienced a lot of those times. Dark times. And you say, there's certainly those times God will not be able to reach me. But yes, he can. That's what the passage is all about. Yes, he can. And he does. He truly does. There are times when you barely can even see a ray of hope. When despair is all about. But yet God is there. Psalm 56 is a cry for help. And Psalm 56 and verse 8. That's the, that's the, I call that the bottle and the book verse. The bottle and the book. But it's talking about our tears. God so knows our tears... It's a lot like him knowing the hairs on our head. And he doesn't just know our hairs, the hairs on our head, but he has them numbered. He knows how many, and he has them numbered. How incredibly knowledgeable is that? Well, he knows every tear that we shed. He knows every concern that we have. And he doesn't just know about it, but he records those things in a book. And he places those gently in a bottle. So that he can have them next uh, to us. And he, he shares that with us. Not that in this world. That he's necessarily going to come down here and change all circumstances to benefit us. But rather he's letting us know this. So we'll be assured of his presence. But also reaffirm our hope that one day we will be with him. The one who cares for us more than any other person ever could. The dark times in life cannot separate us. David is writing this psalm, and David is reflecting. David is thinking back, saying, The Lord was with me when I was just a shepherd boy out there in the field all by myself. You know, being a shepherd is one of the loneliest jobs ever. 
David's reflecting, saying, the Lord was with me when I was facing Goliath, and everybody else was doubting me, but the Lord was with me. The Lord was with me when, when Saul became jealous of me and began to chase me for miles upon miles. The Lord was with me when, when he was trying to kill me. The Lord was with me when I was having to hide out in caves so that Saul and his men could not find me. And when I was having to hide out in caves when my own son Absalom was, was rebelling against me. David knew about those dark times. David said, the Lord challenged me when I committed adultery and had the loss of my own child. But yet, I must realize, David is saying, that the Lord was with me even then. And the Lord was with David when he lost that child. The Lord was with David for the rest of his life. Even when David came to death, the Lord was with him. Neither distance nor darkness nor death can separate us from God. I will praise the Lord for his knowledge. I will praise the Lord because he cares for us. I will praise the Lord because of his presence. And not to develop this, but just to read it. I will praise the Lord for his power. For his power. Read with me Psalm 139, beginning in verse 13. If you've ever doubted the power of God, then look at this verse and think about your own body. And while you're at it, think about the body of that little baby inside the mother's belly. Do you think, as we read these verses, do you think God is responsible for that baby? No matter how young that baby is inside the mother's belly? He's very knowledgeable. Very aware, very concerned. Notice, beginning in verse 13, For you formed my inward parts, my inward parts. Well, think about all the business going on inside our bodies 24 hours a day. How can this happen? How does this happen? And usually for most of our lives, we don't even have to question it. We don't even have to think about it. It just happens. What an incredible, incredible machine the human body is. You formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Who is it that put that, puts that baby together in the mother's womb? It is God. How dare we, how dare any human being even consider Touching that little baby. You have knitted me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully, fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows this very well, O Lord. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret. That refers to, again, God's work inside the mother's belly. We can't see that happening. It's like it's a secret thing, but not secret to God. When I was being made in secret, when I was carefully woven in the depths of the earth, 
your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. What is it saying? God has plans for that little baby in the mother's womb. He has days planned for that baby. How vicious and cruel can a person be to try to destroy what God created? It's not just about destruction. It's about control. This is where human beings have a lot of problems. They want to control life when it's not theirs to control. If someone is willing to take a life at one level, that same someone or group of people will be just as willing to take lives at another level. I will praise the Lord because of His knowledge, because of His love, because of His presence, and because of His power. I will praise Him. When you walk away from this psalm, what can you do but have great respect and honor for our Lord? As we said earlier, all of this respect that we build for the Lord has a purpose, and that is for us to build that respect all the way to the Son of, Jesus, the Son of God, who is Jesus Christ. As Jesus said in Matthew 10 and verse 28, Fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell, but also fear him who is able to save your body and save your soul in heaven. Fear that one. Fear him. Submit to him. Love him. Honor him. It really is the only life to live. If we can assist anyone this evening with a spiritual need, Maybe it is you'd like to study further. Maybe it is you'd like to go over this psalm once again. It may be that you have further questions about God's power or His presence. Whatever it might be, if we can assist you with any need, please let that be known right now, Brother Paul, as we stand and if we sing.